Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Tremendous performance for the Giants in London yesterday. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We're going to get to the Giants in just a moment. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. We've got some guys who have been hanging in with us. We'll get to your calls on everything from Week 5. Who did you believe in and who don't you believe in from the Week 5 winners? Let's start with Kent, who is in Virginia, up first on ESPN Radio. Kent, what do you got, bud? Hey, uh, glad to meet you guys. Uh, just first time calling, a long-time listener. Thanks for um, checking in. Cowboys did real good. They just need to keep it on. You know, keep turning it up a little bit here. Whatever games need to be coming up. Um, and uh, uh, Carolina Panthers. But the Carolina Panthers and um, what is the other team you just said? Um, yeah, for the Carolina Panthers to, to, to oh, and the Raiders. The assistant's uh, um, offense uh, to, to Hey, Kent, we, we got to get it together here a little bit. But at the same time, your point about the Cowboys, hey, they're they're rolling right now. You yeah. can't you, – you, you honestly cannot believe that they are 4-1. I can't believe they are 4-1. Yeah, I left them for dead, Carl. Yeah. I thought once Dak Prescott got hurt at the end of that Bucks game that that was it, it was going to be a wrap. But the defense had other plans, and Cooper Rush came in and gave them competent quarterback play. And no, it's not – you know, stellar, it's not elite, but it's serviceable. And that's mm. what you want from your backup. Somebody that can be reliable, somebody that can make a throw or two, but most importantly, somebody that's going to do no harm. And that's the best thing that I can say about Cooper Rush. Sometimes it ain't about the plays that you make, it's about the mistakes that you don't make. And that's what's allowed that offense to operate and be a complement to what they do defensively. I just hope that once Dak is inserted back in the lineup, the Cowboys use this same formula on offense. Yeah, and, and don't 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 come with the the Cooper Rush needs to keep playing. Don't do that. Because he threw for 106 yards yesterday on 16 passes. Well, 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 here's what I will say, Carlin. If Cooper Rush starts this game and they go on the road against the undefeated Eagles and win, now all of a sudden you got a hell of a decision to make if you're Jerry. When do we bring Dak back? Because after that, I think you got the Lions and the Bears before your bye week. Mm-hmm. If you go into the bye week and Cooper Rush hasn't lost a game, what the hell do you do? I mean, Dak won 10 straight before Tony Romo seeded that Dak was going to be the starter and it was his team. I mean, I'm not saying quarterback controversy, but it makes it a hell of a hard decision if Cooper Rush keeps winning games. Now, he's going to prove something to you if he comes on the road and beats the Eagles in Philly. I, I just don't see I just don't see that happening. Uh, uh, hang on a second. Are I don't me, see that but, happening, but if it happens, Carlin, if we live in that world, then all of a sudden becomes tricky as to when you insert Dak back in the starting okay, lineup. Okay, but I, I'll ask you this question. If it looks exactly the same as we saw yesterday, 10 of 16, 106 yards, no turnovers, is he still the guy if you win that game? Hell yeah, he's still the guy. Mm. He's still the guy. Listen. You're going to pull him? You're going to pull him when your team is winning games? I understand they're winning games. It's just... If they beat the... Carlin, if they beat... My team all knows the other Car- guy's better. Carlin, if they beat the team that is undefeated, the last undefeated team in the National Football League, who a lot of people think is the best team in the National Football League, including me, if they beat that team in their own building, I'm just saying all of a sudden it becomes a little bit trickier. You know what? 
Let's wait till that's a problem. Let's wait and see if they win I don't think week. it's going to be a problem. I think it's perfect. If you Jay, think they're going to win this week? No, I think it's perfect how Jerry is teeing it up. Let Cooper Rush start this game against the Eagles. They'll likely lose this game against the Eagles. Then you put Dak back in against the Bears or the Lions. Soft place to land. He wins a couple of games. You go into the bye week, another week of rest before the schedule gets tough. That's what I think you should do. Mm-hmm. I'm just living in a world where the Dallas Cowboys possibly pull off the upset against the Eagles. Yeah, that's fantasy world. Here's Chris in Florida up next. Chris, We said, we said that after week one against the Bucks too. Cooper Rush. We said undefeated. the season was over. We, we said did. the season was over. I'm just saying. Okay. Chris is in Florida. What's up, Chris? You're on ESPN Radio. That's Chris from Florida. But, gentlemen, I am a diehard Jets fan. So we're going to have to give my boys their flowers today. Let me take you back to week four. Ever since Zach Wilson hit that gritty, we have had a new team of confidence. That was a gritty. <laughs> and, a by the way, Canty was killing that was them for ter- that gritty. That was a terrible gritty. It was a terrible gritty. It was the worst. <laughs> oh, it's a it might have been the worst gentlemen. gritty in the history the of the gritty. <laughs> the Gusecki gritty is the worst gritty in the history of gritty. But I, I digress. Back to my Jets here for just a second. I heard what Jair Alexander had to say, right? Saying, oh, we're not worried after we lost the Giants. If we lose next week to the Jets, that's when we'll be concerned. My man, you should be concerned right now. You lost to Daniel Jones, and that's a man that can't hold Zach Wilson's jock strap. All right, well, let's not get nuts here, okay, so to speak. (laughs) Let's not get crazy. (laughs) Hey, look, it was a great team win for the Jets yesterday, but let's keep it in perspective. You beat the third-string quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Now, y'all had something to say about it because Sauce Gardner knocked out the starter in Teddy Bridgewater, getting your team two points on that safety. And thanks to the new protocols, Teddy B couldn't come back into the game. And you took full advantage of it. And that was a good win. And the best part of that win, Carlin, is that you saw the young players that Joe Douglas brought on his team play a major role in the success in yesterday's game. Virtually every one of them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Brees Hall had, what, 200 yards from scrimmage yesterday? Yep. 200 yards from scrimmage, Sauce Gardner had a pick, and he had the safety. The pick ultimately led to a short field touchdown for the Jets' offense. Garrett Wilson had some big Garrett, catches. Garrett Wilson had a couple of catches. I mean, you're starting to see those young – even you know the young guys, man, Michael Carter. I mean, some nice short yardage runs, getting into the end zone. Like Those are the types of things that you'd like to see. So I, I, I will give credit where credit is due. It was a good team win, Quentin Williams – He's starting to turn the corner three straight games with sacks. Like, that. that's what you want this thing to trend toward. They're playing with a lot more confidence. But let's not let's not blow things out of proportion. No, not yet. Let's, let's not do that yet. The Jets haven't arrived yet. It was a good win against a team that was shorthanded in your building. And if we're being honest, you lost the first couple of games this season in your building. This was a game that you needed to win if you're the Jets. Congratulations. You got that done. The one thing I would say is that, it, at the very least, it's given the Jets some confidence, which is not something that they have had for a long, long time. Confidence more important for the head coach or the players? For the players. Because, because there, there is, like it or not, there is a stigma around the Jets that, that just kind of permeates there. I would think if you're a player, you can feel that. Yeah, but if you're a rookie, you haven't been around long enough to feel that. Yeah. So I guess my point is for the, the, young head, guys the, for guys. the head coach, I think – in order to get everybody to believe in your program, you have to have some success on the field. you got to get the results you're looking for in the way of wins. And congrats to Rob Sala because it feels like that's what's happened in the last couple of weeks. Now, are they going to keep that thing rolling? We'll see what ends up happening. they got the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau this week. Luke is in New York next on ESPN Radio. Hey, Luke, what's going on, buddy? Hey, fellas, how are you guys doing? Great. 
I came here to talk about them Giants. Them Giants are need to be need to be taken for real. Them Giants need to be seriously taken for real. If Saquon Barkley continues to run the way he does, and the Giants can somehow improve that really bad receiving core that they have, we're talking about one of the best teams in the NFC. Daniel Jones has proven to be really smart, and and, and I think we're talking about a serious contender. Well, I don't know if they're a serious contender because I still don't trust the quarterback. I mean, Daniel Jones only completed five balls beyond 10 yards from the line of scrimmage and none beyond 15 yards from the line of scrimmage. So they don't have a downfield passing game to speak of, but they offset that with creativity in the run game, Carlin, and being able to stretch the field horizontally with the bootlegs. And you saw that Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka majored in that again for a second straight week. The Bears had trouble stopping it. Now the Packers defense had trouble stopping it. So I think that gives them some opportunities to sustain drives. And then defensively, the job that Wink Martindale has done is nothing short of outstanding, Carlin. They pitched a shutout in the second half against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers when it looked like it was going to be a runaway after they scored 20 in the first 30 minutes. Makes me feel like John Harbaugh and Wink should have figured out a way to make that work a little bit better. Well, I mean, Ravens defense didn't look bad last night. Mm. They did not look bad last night. They, they only gave up 17 points. They looked yeah. damn good last night. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. That's where you can watch us by just opening up. Click watch at the bottom of the screen. Bang, there we are. In moments, you're going to want to hear what one head coach today, in fact, in about the last hour or so, had to say about his quarterback. Oh, boy. That's next, ESPN Radio. All right, well, let's not get nuts here, so to speak. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Nothing better than listening to crazy things that are said. After an NFL Sunday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But getting ready for Monday Night Football, though. Absolutely. We're talking about spending all our money with our primetime parlay. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. We, just know, had... we, owe, we owe our audience, Carlin, because we fell short. We had three in a row. We got a little cocky. We did. And, and, and I carried away money gun. on Thursday night. Well, I blame Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett, but oh, that's, that's just fair. Me. Yeah, exactly. That's fair. Exactly. I blame them. But, yeah, now it's time for us to bounce back. We want to be firing off the money gun. Yes. And uh, we haven't been able to do that after uh, a win since our very uh, last one. So we need to do that here yeah, soon. exactly. That but we, we're working on it. If you're a gambler and you're going in on something with some friends, you know that moment where you see one particular bet and you're like, I don't know, I think we should hammer it. And everybody else goes, yeah! 
That would be one Ryan Matlack that's back in the control room. Right. You know, like we got we got to throw it out there. We have to we have to take people behind the curtain. Absolutely, because we brought up the over under for passing yards for Pat Mahomes tonight, and Matlack screams in our ears. Yes! hammer the over. We're all in agreement, right? <laughs> Hundred percent. Let's do it. Ride with us, everybody. Ride with us. (laughs) Exactly. So they gotta wait and stay tuned for our primetime parlay. Parlay that may or may not be a part of it. That may or may not be a leg. And staying behind the curtain for a second with Matlack. It's not taking a lot of convincing on much. <laughs> this is not like trying to figure out how to break into Fort Knox. Matlack, I kind of like this. I'm in! <laughs> Money? Where? Which app? Uh, Let's do it. Uh, oh, by the way, our Michael Parsons MVP play? Yeah. It took a turn for the better on Sunday. It did. It? So for those who are unaware, we decided as a show about two and a half weeks ago that we were going to go heavy on Micah Parsons to win the NFL MVP. Why? Well, we obviously believe in him having an all-time season, but the numbers were just too ridiculous to not at least explore. They were at between 200 and 300 to 1. Yeah. I'd need to look. I haven't looked since to see what they are now. Mm -hmm. But um, he had two quiet weeks in terms of sacks. Last week, he wasn't right. Wasn't he sick last week? He was sick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, two sacks, including the strip sack to win it, and nine quarterback uh, pressures. Not to mention being able to draw two penalties as well. Yes. So, when we start talking about most valuable player, it's not nuts to say that he's going to be in the mix. So, just think about that for a second. We got him at 200 and 300 to 1, and, and we didn't put a dollar on it. Yeah. We put a few more bucks than that on yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, when you say go heavy, we di- yeah, we didn't go crazy heavy. We just we, we put a couple of coins on it, and it would be a nice payout right. if it hits. Right. Yeah. We may not come to work for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> not not forever, for a few days. A few days. Few days. Uh, at the very least, though. But so we have collectively done that as a show. I will check out and see where he's at. Meanwhile, speaking of showing up at work, yeah, there was one guy that uh, that I'm sure that his teammates wish he didn't show up at work yesterday. <laughs> well, we get to that right now. They say what? I have to believe one and one is three. I, I can't. I can't uh, operate where one and one is two. They said what? <laughs> It's great it every single time. It doesn't get old. Every single time. Oh, my God. First gosh. up, and they said, what, what is Brees Hall? Who told reporters after the game that the Jets rookies looked at each other and said, what? Yeah, we were actually just talking about that during the game. We are like, bro, like, we're so good. Like, we, can, we have so much potential to be so good. We just got to keep chipping away at it. They said, what? We're so good. Hey, pump the brakes, man. Bro, bro we're pump, so good. Pump, pump the brakes. You beat a team. That has one win through five games in the regular season in Pittsburgh Steelers. Congratulations. Yeah. The Jets, up until that point, had only had one win since 1969 in Pittsburgh. So that, that's a good road win for a young team. Yes. And then yesterday you, then was you came, nice. Then but... you came home and you beat a team that was on their third-string quarterback. Now, And it might I have did... been somewhat debatable as to whether or not Teddy Bridgewater should have been out of the game. Exactly. But, I mean, you knocked him out of the game. Congrats to you. That was Sauce Gardner on the first play, and it ends up being a safety. So I'll, I'll take nothing away from that. You knocked him out, but you were the beneficiary of playing against a third-string quarterback. 
I mean, you have the opportunity to be good, but, but let's just pipe down a little bit, okay? You had consecutive wins. It's a good feeling as a young player, but it's hard to get wins in this league, and it changes from week to week very quickly. So just chill out. Right now you're in the penthouse. You could go to being in the outhouse with the quicks. Here's Demarcus Lawrence of the Cowboys on proving that they should not have been underdogs yesterday. Sometimes, you know, you wish you could bet in Vegas on, you know, <laughs> on you alley, alley hoops like this. Um, you don't want to pass on it. So, you know, uh, yeah, but, you know, Coach McCarthy right. Uh, you know, we, we never go into any situation thinking we're underdogs. You know, we always know, like, you know, we end up to winning and, uh, you know, but being the underdog uh, also, you know, puts a fire underneath us, letting, letting us know, like, we still have something to prove. So we take it. They say what? Sometimes you wish you could bet in Vegas when blankety blank throwing you alley oops like this. You don't want to pass on it. Hey, listen, maybe he can't bet in Vegas, but let me tell you who can. <laughs> exactly. And we took advantage of the good fortune that is the Dallas Cowboys going on the road against the Rams. And we said it, Carlin, it wasn't going to be a real road game for the Cowboys. And Vegas always bakes in three points for the visiting team. So it's a situation where we saw that five-and-a-half number, and we knew, yeah, give us the Dallas Cowboys mm. because that offensive line for the Rams ain't going to be able to keep Matt Stafford upright. And guess what? Turns out we were right. Yeah. How about Ron Rivera? He might be right. Listen to this exchange with the reporter. Following up on John's question about the, the Giants, you know, they're up to a faster start. The Eagles, the Cowboys, you know, they've kind of all been rebuilding too the last couple of years, and it seems like they're farther ahead. Why do you think the teams in the division are farther ahead at, at this point? Quarterback. I mean, with quarterback, like the Cowboys, for instance, they're, they don't have Dak Prescott this season and still have been able to. Well, they started with well, they, they started, started with, with them, Dak, but and they built around Dak. And the offense is built around Dak. Um, their backup's a, a guy that is very solid inside of it, inside of what they do. Um, and the truth is that, that this is a quarterback-driven league. And if you look at the teams that have been able to sustain success, they've been able to build it around a specific quarterback. Wow, quarterback! What's the problem, quarterback? Quarterback. They've been able to build it around a specific quarterback, but the Cowboys didn't build it around Cooper Rush. No. So there really wasn't an answer that made sense when that reporter pointed that out to Ron Rivera. No, but he also did say quarterback. Quarterback is the difference. Carson Wentz. How do you have the ball inside the five-yard line with an opportunity to score and win the game and you throw a pick? How does that happen? I don't know, but I can tell you this. I tried to. I played a little parlay yesterday. I didn't win. But the one sure thing I knew was that Carson Wentz was going to throw an interception. Oh, man, you can set your watch to it, man. Mm. That, that train ain't never late. Wentz is going to Wentz. It's not only a noun, but at this point, it's a verb in his career. So, do you, is he taking a shot at the quarterback? Well, Rivera was asked about it in a little bit there, and he kind of followed up on what he was talking about. That's basically it, is that this is an opportunity. Now we have a guy that, you know, that we think we have a chance to build around. You know, we, 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 we had a guy in Fitz, and he gets hurt the first first what, quarter and a half of the season, and so it was a little different. Um, you know, I, I just think right now we have a guy that is really growing in what we're doing. Um, I thought yesterday was a good indicator of his potential for, this, for us in this, and uh, we'll continue to work with it. Potential is not a word you talk about in year seven. You don't talk about potential anymore. And when somebody throws an interception in that situation, potential should never be uttered unless you're a rookie.
I mean, at some point, you have to get tired of Carson Wentz throwing fourth quarter interceptions. You could have right? just stopped at Wentz when you said, at some point, you have to get tired of Carson Wentz. You do. <laughs> <Just> Wentz. <laughs> you do. I mean, Ron Rivera's first initial instinct was, what's the difference between you and the rest of the teams in the division, the quarterback? And then he tried to you clean got Daniel Jones in this division. He tried to clean it up, but we knew exactly what he meant, though, yes, right, Carlin? He tried course. to clean it up, but it just... Uh, uh, is, uh, is Ron Rivera next? Yeah, he's next. Mm. Carson Wentz is going to get two coaches fired this year, two for one. Carson, three Wentz, overall. Carson Wentz and Frank Reich. And his third in his career. Yeah, that'll be he impressive. Got Doug, he got Doug Peterson clip too. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Up next, well, you know what we do every week at this time top five. Canty is in charge of the top five things he saw yesterday. And trust me, number one, going to catch you a little bit off guard. That's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? There's a palpable hue of anticipation in this room. Oh, yeah, baby. Primetime parlay. Yes, sir. And we're feeling good about it, too. We, we are. We got a nice little payout on this one, I was Carlin. a little worried that maybe we're getting a little no, greedy, no, but no. No, 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 no. We've checked this with all of our people back in the studios in Bristol, you and I here in the studios in New York. The whole team feels good about the direction that we're going with this thing. Okay. That's a good sign. And it is coming up. Later in the show, in its normal yeah. spot in our final We feel segment. much better about this one than we did about the Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, whatever that was on Thursday Night Football that we had to watch. Right. We feel much better about this parlay as opposed to that parlay. And I know that Nathaniel Hackett not, will not be within 500 miles of the game. Yeah, I, I'm just, you know what, Carlin? <laughs> I, I just hope that we don't have them in primetime anymore. That way we don't have to feature them on a primetime parlay. But if, in fact, we do at some point, I will fade the hell out of whatever the Denver Broncos are doing. I don't know, man. Under, under on everything Denver Broncos. The Bears commanders on Thursday. Uh, Oof. Uh, well, Oof, no, no. Uh, hey, listen. Carson Wentz over, an, over one interception. Bang! There There's you go. your winner. We got we'll one. give it to you right we got, now. We'll give it to I you I don't care right if he now. doesn't play. He'll still find a way to throw an interception. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's do it. What do we always do? The top five, the bottom five. So right now, as we do each and every time, the top five. Here's Canty with the top five. Here he is. 
with the top five. Number All five. right, we got to kick it off with what happened at the end of the Bears-Vikings game. So Justin Fields operating a two-minute drill, Carlin, moving the ball into plus territory, Carlin, into plus territory. And what happens? That's right, a fumble happens. Now you ask, how does that happen? Ball security, what happens? Well, Chicago Bears wide receiver Amir Smith-Marset decides, you know what, I'm not going to try to get out of bounds. I'm going to try to fight defenders for extra yardage. I've already got the ball in the plus 40 area of the field. So they're set up in good shape, down seven points, to be able to take a stab at the end zone a little over a minute left. But he keeps fighting for extra yards. So what happens? The guy that he made miss initially, cornerback Cameron Dantzler, comes back, doesn't punch the football out, literally rips the football out of Amir Smith-Marset's hands, and it has the wherewithal to slide rather than trying to return it. Game, set, match. The Minnesota Vikings survive a scare by the Chicago Bears. That was a hell of a play by Cam Dantzler. Not giving up on the play. This is a guy that's been fighting for his place to stay in the starting lineup in that Vikings defense. And it's plays like that that catch the attention of your head coach. And so, good on Cameron Dassler. He's checking in at number five. Let's keep it pushing. Number four. Josh Allen. Ooh. Josh Allen, had a, he had a hell of a game in the it, first half. It, on the, the, fir- the first half. On the, the foot- third play, he had a hell of a game. Uh, uh, the 98-yard bomb that he mm. threw to Gabriel Davis. I, yeah. I thought the one where Gabriel Davis mossed Minka Fitzpatrick was Ooh. even more impressive, where he wow. just took the ball from Minka Fitzpatrick. But anyway, Josh Allen threw for 348 yards and four touchdowns in the first half on the way to a 424-yard performance. The Bills won the game, of course, 38-3, but that's not the story. The story is the three receivers. We all know about Stephon Diggs, who actually went for a buck 12, I think. Uh, a buck 02. A buck 02 and a touchdown. Yep. Then we had Gabriel Davis, who went for a buck 72 and two touchdowns. But then you also had Khalil Shakir, fifth round draft pick out of, I don't even know where, Boise State, maybe? It I is think Boise, Boise State. State. Exactly. Khalil, Khalil Shakir, out there mossing people, too. He went for 75 yards and a touchdown. Carlin, I got to say, if you got those three receivers... And then you're talking about getting Isaiah McKenzie back, maybe Dawson Knox back, and then we saw from James Cook. I mean, this offense, I mean, yeah. we knew coming into this season it was going to be one of the best, but hot damn, that thing was humming on all cylinders yesterday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number three. Everybody needs a little sauce, right? Mm. You know, when you have your wings, you need a little sauce. When you have a steak, depending on how you get it cooked, you want a little sauce. Mm-hmm. When you're having... Some mahi or some dolphin, dare I say? You want a little sauce? Sure. Yeah, I guess. exactly. Well, I mean, the Miami Dolphins got all the sauce they wanted yesterday. That would be Sauce Gardner, the fourth overall pick in the NFL draft, who I've got to say to this point, Colin, has lived up to the hype. I mean, he knocked Teddy Bridgewater out of the game on the first play on a corner blitz, got a safety for his team. Second quarter, he got a pick, which led to a short field touchdown for their offense. And more importantly, Carlin, they held Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle in check. That entire secondary led by Sauce Gardner combined 70 yards for Waddling Hill on 10 catches. Damn impressive performance from Sauce Gardner, who I got to say has got to be the front runner for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Number two. The guy that won Defensive Rookie of the Year last year and is probably <laughs> going to win Defensive Player of the Year, that would be one Micah Parsons who played with a hurt groin against the L.A. Rams on Sunday. But that didn't stop him, Carlin, from having nine pressures, forcing two penalties, and having two sacks, including the one that clinched the game, a strip sack on Matt Stafford. I mean, you're talking about Micah Parsons being 
the best non-quarterback in the National Football League, the impact that he has on that defense and on his team's success is like that of a quarterback. When he was out early in the second half, guess what? The Rams could move the ball. When he came back in the game, guess what? They weren't able to move the ball. That's how good Michael Parsons is. It's just that simple. He makes everything easier for everybody. Number one. Of course, number one is not somebody that was even in the United States yesterday. It was, oh boy, the New York football Giants. Oh, here we go. And you're thinking I'm going to point to a player. You think I'm going to point to Saquon Barkley or maybe even, dare I say, Daniel Jones or Xavier McKinney who knocked down that fourth down pass from Aaron Rodgers? But no, I'm not pointing to anybody that was on the field in the game. I'm pointing to the guys that were on the sideline and in the booth. That's right. The Giants coaching staff gets the credit for that one. They get the game ball. My guy, Wink Martindale, who I played with when I was down in Baltimore, his defense pitched a shutout in the second half, holding the Green Bay Packers to 101 total yards. Dayball's offense dominated time of possession after the, uh, after the break, controlling the clock for nearly 20 minutes, Carlin, in the second half. And they did that with the run game and quarterback scrambles. They had five consecutive scoring drives at one point in that game, and they were able to do that without the benefit of a downfield passing game. For as decent as Daniel Jones' numbers look, Daniel Jones did not throw a completion beyond 15 yards from the line of scrimmage, and he only had five completions beyond 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. They do it more with stretching the field horizontally than they do vertically. And for an offense that's that limited, it's impressive to see how creative Brian Daybowl can be. So, yeah, the Giants, they know who they are, they know who they aren't, and their coaching staff develops a game plan that gives them a chance to do that and get the win. So, yeah, well, the, the Queen is gone. What's but the, the music? But the, but the is Giants that God Save the Queen? That's God Save the Queen. It Long is. live the Queen. Yeah, God but, save yeah. The Queen. Actually, now it's actually called God Save the King. God Save the King. Because of King Charles. Well, here's I'll the thing, get that though. copy we, in we're the talking, system. We're talking about two teams that were around <laughs> right before the Queen was born. Yeah. Yeah, they were playing across the pond. So I, the irony of that, but... The New York Giants coaching staff, Brian Dable deserving some credit. Tippy gap to him. They, they did a they, hell of a they job. Won, they won a football game on a proper pitch. Congratulations to the New York Giants. They did a hell of a job. That was an amazing win for them yesterday. And it has us asking the question, are the Giants actually good? Or maybe the bigger question, does it turn out the NFC East is actually the best division in football? We'll set you straight. That's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Dion getting into it a little bit this weekend with Eddie Robinson Jr. You alerted me to this. I had not seen it until today. But a little post-game handshake there for Jackson State did not exactly go smoothly. No, but it doesn't go smoothly when you schedule Jackson State for homecoming. And, of course, Eddie Robinson Jr. being the head coach at his alma mater, Alabama State. And it was just one of those scenes to me, Carlin, that was ugly for black college football, but for college football in general, just because Deion Sanders 
is one of the biggest showmen that the sport has to offer, and he's done nothing but elevate the platform for other HBCUs. And for this to be an opportunity, you know, for two iconic coaches in their own regard in the SWAC to to shake hands after a contest, I don't understand how it got to the point where it was that heated of an exchange. And if you haven't seen it, it's all over social media. All you got to do is go to YouTube or go to Twitter. You can see it. Eddie Robinson Jr. comes up to Deion Sanders. They shake hands, and Deion goes to give him a bro hug. Eddie Robinson Jr. gives him the stiff arm. Then Deion Sanders throws his arm off of him, and they have to be separated by law enforcement. It's just a bad look for black college sports in general, Carlin. And I don't get where Eddie Robinson Jr. is coming from. In terms of sportsmanship, you are supposed to represent all that's good with college football because of the legacy that your father left behind. And, of course, we know the iconic Eddie Robinson, at one point the all-time winningest coach in college football at Grambling State University. You are supposed to represent that. And instead, you took the low road. And then in the post-game press conference went on to say that Deion Sanders isn't swack. And I get it. Eddie Robinson Jr. played in the SWAC. He was an all-SWAC player. He was academic all-SWAC. Like, I get, I understand where he's coming from in terms of his roots being in the conference. But Deion Sanders has done nothing but help Jackson State and all the other schools in terms of being able to generate revenue, but also raising the profile of the SWAC and black college football as a whole. Why would you do anything to, to cast a negative light or negative headlines with what Prime has brought to the swag. I, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me, and it's just a bad look. It's a bad look, and it some guys don't. Some guys just don't like the way Prime handles himself sometimes, I, and, and it's not a good enough reason that for for that to happen. Like I don't, I, I don't understand how you can't see the true benefit of his presence for the group as a whole. Well, Eddie Robinson Jr. said, well, because he didn't shake my hand before the game and he walked through my offense and and my side of the field without speaking to me, that was the big beef. I don't know that that allows the situation to escalate to what we saw. Even Jimbo and Nick Saban were able to shake hands civilly after the game. So Sunday mornings are usually pretty quiet for me. I just kind of get to sit and enjoy. But when there's football on, it makes it even better. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So, you know, I did my Sunday thing. I usually just go out to a local place, get a little breakfast, come back, flip on the Giants and the Packers. What's a Sunday morning breakfast for Carlin look like? Uh, that's uh, We got to some egg whites, which is the one part of it to make you egg, feel like Egg whites? Let me finish. It's the one part of it to make you feel like you're doing something healthy. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right. But I don't go for the, the pancakes or, or the waffles anymore because I, I you know, So what carbs. the hell did you do then? I, uh, egg whites. Uh, home fries, bacon, toast. Bang. There you go. Iced coffee. I'm with you with the bacon. I'm with you. Thick cut bacon? Oh, of course. Oh, okay. Come okay, on. so I'm with you with the bacon. I'm yeah. with you with the home fries. But no French toast. Home fries got to be No burned. French toast, no waffles, no nothing? Not, not because if I eat that, I am going to be like a bear shot with a tranquilizer dart in an hour. That's, I will I'm, be I'm, back now. But see, I'm okay with that, though. I know. I'm okay with having that. Sunday morning breakfast, watch, I don't know, the first quarter and a half of the Giants-Packers game, nap time, wake up for the fourth quarter, which is all you really needed to see in that game, and then be able to get ready for the 1 o'clock start. I'm sorry. I don't like your game plan going into Sunday with the breakfast. I don't like your game plan. Uh, Well, it's fair. It's your game plan. Criticism is fair. It's it's what you do. Criticism is more than fair. Okay. However, 
I was my my entire Sunday morning was just jolted by the Giants actually winning and actually making not just winning, Chris, mm. making every right decision, every right play, and then making winning plays at the end of the game. Now, look, everybody on the planet knew that as soon as Aaron Rodgers saw one on one to his right that he was going to be going that direction, especially to when Alan it, Lazard. Exactly. Yeah. When it was Alan Lazard, there was mm-hmm. no question. But Xavier McKinney coming on a blitz, even the play before it with Thibodeau, they're making all of these winning plays right now, and I'm not used to seeing it. And I give them all the credit in the world, the coach, but it really led me to a bigger question. I mean, we're sitting here at the beginning of the season. We're saying, like, this might be one of the couple worst divisions in football. And the NFC East now, is it the best division in all of football, Chris? Uh, I mean, that's what the records say, Carlin. Right? You, you got four. You got well, three. You got three teams that have what? Four wins or better. You got uh, three teams that are at least four and one. Yeah, four wins or better. So yep. I mean, yeah, I mean, through five weeks in the season, you have to kind of lean in that direction. Now, I would say it's more a product of who they played up until this point. Well, that's where I'm going. That, that's what I would say. But yeah. I mean, Bill Parcells used to say this all the time: "You are what your record says you are." And right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are undefeated. The Dallas Cowboys are 4-1, and one, and they just came off of a win on the road against the reigning defending Super Bowl champs. And you're talking about the New York Giants beating a lot of teams' preseason favorite to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, in the Green Bay Packers. So, say what you want, man. I mean, this, this is a division that's going to be a lot tougher than we thought it would be, and it seemingly changed overnight. Two years ago, the NFC East was historically bad, Colin historically bad to the point where you're talking about a seven and nine team winning the damn division and now you look up and you're saying hmm the philadelphia eagles might be the best team in football and the dallas cowboys might not be that far behind and their starting quarterback has only played in one game and oh by the way that was a game that the team lost okay. so that's where we're at with the nfc East. but here's my problem with it it's just what you alluded to it's based on who they have played so far and it's not a knock you can only beat the teams that are in front of you that's right when you're playing them that's right the combined combined records of the teams that the the nfc east teams have beaten all four i am including washington in that okay the combined record of the teams they have beaten 30 and 40 right. so I mean, that's a winning percentage. Okay, that's all Less well, than four, 43%. That's all well and good, but you point to me the division that you think is better than the NFC I East I still right believe. Now. I still believe, and I know you don't love it, I still believe the NFC, or the AFC West is better. Man, hell I, no. I, I, hell I, no. Hell hang on, no. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. No. We are talking about a division no. where you have good teams that have played poorly. Now, now look, Denver, I can't defend that situation. I don't think they can get that fixed, though, Carlin. I, I, and now with Russell Wilson having the lat injury on his throwing arm. I agree. I don't know that they're going to get that fixed. The Raiders, the Raiders have one win, Chris, and they've the, got the Chiefs tonight. Chris, and the, then the Chargers should have lost in Cleveland yesterday to Jacoby Brissett, who's a backup quarterback. But, Chris, they didn't. And oh, my God. They didn't. Oh, my God. They're 3-2 and two oh with no Rashawn Slater and no Joey Bosa. And then I've got the Chiefs. Well, you're not getting Rashawn. You're not getting Rashawn Slater back. No, I understand that. Yeah, I understand that. And then I've got the Raiders, who might be one and three, but the scoring differential is four points for the season in a one and three record. It's tough. Yeah, 
That's, that's a little more than tough. So while the records may look nice in the NFC East, I think when all is said and done, I have thought all along that these four teams would be beaten up on one another. And so far, that's what's going on. I think when you when we really ride at the end of the year, you will see the Giants come back to what they are, which is an improved team, but not a 4-1 team. And you will see the Cowboys, who have played very well, I think come back to reality. I will say this. I don't know who wins on a neutral field between the Chargers and the Giants. And the Giants are clearly the third best team in the NFC East. And the Chargers are clearly the second best team in the AFC West. Is Justin so, Herbert so healthy the t- when he the, said, the, when the, we do the, that? The top, the top of the AFC West is the, is the beast with Kansas City. But, I mean, I, I like where the NFC East is right now in the top three. Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.